And now, right to your hosts of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing. Hello, and welcome to the ninth season of Down the Garden Path, where each week we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host and co-author, Matthew Dressing. Hello, Joanne, and good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important if possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right. And tonight we are talking with Dale and Carrie Spoonmore, creators of a new garden AI app, Seed to Spoon. So AI has moved into the world of gardening. This is going to be a really cool topic to dive into tonight. So if you have questions for Dale and Carrie or are wondering more about gardening and AI, write us at downthegardenpathpodcast at hotmail.com. That's right. And before Dale and Carrie join us, a short bio about them. Dale and Carrie Spoonmore are founders of the From Seed to Spoon app, dedicated to help solve the solutions and answer gardeners' questions. They are using the latest cutting-edge software and advances in technology to do so. Welcome to the show, Dale and Carrie. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us. Well, we're very glad that you could have us talk about your wonderful new app, um, so tell us a little bit more about what is the app. So we uh, originally built our app in 2018 after we started growing food ourselves in 2015. So the first version of our app was meant to be a uh, a replacement for all the books and spreadsheets we were carrying around in the garden and a place for mm -hmm. us to keep track of all of that in an app. So um, that's the version of the app that's been out. And then our new GrowBot feature that was just released uh, about a month ago is, is the new AI feature that is within that app. Wow. Okay, so the, what is the name of the app for our listeners? Maybe they'll download it now and follow along. <laughs> it is From Seed to Spoon. From Seed to Spoon. So it is available in, I believe, the Google Play Store and probably anywhere else. Any of our listeners are going to get their app. Uh, you can also get it from your website if you're on the computer, seedtospoon.net. I believe is the uh, correct address with all of your your socials there as well. Yes, we have an iOS, Google, on the website. We have a web app also, so you yeah. can use it from a computer and. Oh, that's good. Anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and I see. So I have it open. So and then the Growbot is on the bottom right hand corner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So Growbot was built with the latest advancements in, um, in AI technology from the OpenAI Foundation. So if you've seen the news about ChatGPT or any of that stuff, this mm -hmm. is the same technology under the hood. So as soon as we saw ChatGPT, I think all of us had the same realization that this can really help us out because we're just a, a five-person team here trying to answer all these gardening questions and all these comments and everything that we get. And with this new AI technology, we feel like you can really help people and allow them to have a conversation with uh, AI technology that's trained on the information from the internet. So, 
And so does the Growbot, is it using ChatGPT specifically? Or is it just the use of that technology, like the AI? What was the free AI, maybe, is a better question, um, that's plugged into the app? So it's using the backbone that ChatGPT is on as well. So ChatGPT is using an a, what's called an API, which allows them to, to work with the, the backend of the service. So we're working with that same backend service, except what we've done is we've trained the model on what we want it to give out, which is gardening uh, information. We've trained it to not just guess at answers, to try and only get answers if it We've spent a lot of time tweaking that because it was making up features that aren't even in our app. And we were like, okay, hold on, Grobot. <laughs> so, it took a while to train him. <laughs> yeah, we had it built for about a week and it took about three weeks of training probably yeah. to finally get it to where we were comfortable with the answers that it was spitting out. So I think that's going to be a never ending battle. So how wow. did you go about training the AI to look for those answers that you wanted? Or the um, correct information? <laughs> There's a number of, of different ways that we can do it. It's all in crafting the way that we configure the AI and how we tell it to respond. So one way, for example, that we helped train it was we gave it a bunch of example questions and how we would like to respond. So for example, some silly things we were asking is like, how deep do I plant my bathtub? Or weird things like that, right? Oh, okay. So we gave it training examples on how to handle those situations. So now we've just got a whole handful of training questions we've given it and text that we've given it as far as how we want it to respond and how we want it to react and all sorts of programming voodoo that happens under the under the background <laughs> that our developers work on. So that's been a whole experience. It's been eye-opening for sure. And it's so interesting, these new advancements that have been made in AI the past six months. Yeah, it just seems incredible. It's almost like we're talking about a robot, really. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when you're talking about like that's what I'm visioning um and because like gardening information it seems like it's okay it's pretty basic but it it really isn't because it really depends on location it really depends on zones um skill level like there's there's so many variables how did you try to address that so the way that we handle that within the app, and one thing that's nice about the way that we're able to handle it in, instead of just like something like ChatGPT is whenever you download our app, we get the we get your location and we use that to find the closest weather station. And that's how we calculate the data that we use in the app. Well, whenever we pass the question up to Growbot, we include that information as well. It's, not, it's nothing that's personally ad identifying, but it's just like a general location. Um, in the future, we may pass like which plants are logged so like you may be able to have a conversation with Growbot about like, hey, what should I plant here? And then it'll know what's already planted in your garden and be able to do things like that. So that's Growbot is the first iteration of us incorporating AI into the app. And I think this year is going to be uh, just breathtaking in what we see as far as AI adv advancements. And we're all nerds and we're just riding the wave of it. So as it's <laughs> released, we're going to be implementing them as fast as we can. It's very exciting time to be a developer. Wow. Yeah. And so that's what prior to this app, that is what you do for a living. So um, me and the two other developers, we all were developers together on a team. So we started this app just uh, nights and weekends. Uh, oh, Carrie okay. was a nurse before mm -hmm. all of this. Um, 
So, so now yeah, so I get to work full time on the app. That's great. Yeah, so you're <laughs> marketing efforts and uh, helps with Park Seeds marketing efforts and all that kind of stuff as well. Very, very cool. So we're talking about the Growbot as part of the Seed to Spoon app. And you mentioned that the Seed to Spoon app can go, or you can ask the Growbot to go back into the app and look at some of the data that you've already put in. Um, so Growbot is only, or yeah, Growbot is only one part of the app. Can you tell us about the rest of the app? What was, what else can we do inside the Spoon to Seed, or Seed to Spoon, my apologies, app? So um, the app has two different uh, versions, really. The the free version and the, and the version that we released originally and that will always be free is everything you need to know about how to grow food. So it's all of the dates calculated for you for when to plant. It's all the watering and pest and companion information and all of that will be free. So uh, that's kind of one side of the app. And then the My Garden feature we released as a free beta a couple years ago, and we just uh, we did like a, a revamp of it and got it to where we felt comfortable charging for it and felt feel comfortable as, as a product. And that came out as a paid product in October of last year. And okay. what that allows you to do is actually log plants in your garden. So as you log a plant, it'll uh, give you... Um, it'll give you dates for when uh, that's estimated to be sprouted or harvested. We're hooking in reminders, so it'll send you all that kind of stuff. Um, we're going to have custom calendars in there. A calendar is also another feature that we added in recently that has like a calendar of when you can plant and everything. So that's what the the purpose of the app was before Growbot. And then Growbot is just kind of an addition on that by helping you through the process. If you have questions or if you want ideas on things or just a place to to start on on where to research something. It's so cool because there's and there's just so much information. Um, just looking through the app quickly too. I mean, you can log your stuff. There's the premium, but you've got blog posts. There's a, a shop that you can go to now. Is the shop your own as well, or? So, um, so our app was actually purchased by Park Seed in January, and then they hired Last us. January. Yeah, yeah. Last January. Yeah, so they and they brought us on to to work full time onto the app and to help with uh, some other things with the business. So our store is is run through Park Seed, which is really exciting because we get to stand by their legacy of 150 years of um, absolutely extra, do extra tests on their seeds. We've been out there a few times and it's really impressive all the extra things they do to make sure their seeds are high quality. So we're very happy to be out of the shipping game because before mm -hmm. that we were trying to run a store out of our house and like one of our rooms was dedicated to. Carrie was like shipping 10 boxes a day. Was... Yeah. I made friends with the UPS people. <laughs> <laughs> but we're very happy to be able to focus on software. And Carrie has uh, runs our YouTube channel where she puts out a lot of videos. We do live webinars every two weeks. Uh, we do a lot of stuff like that, just geared towards helping people grow their own food. That's that's why we started all this. And we're, uh, we're very thankful. That's, that's what we get to continue focusing on. Excellent. Now, do you have time to grow your own food still? Absolutely. I actually have a bunch of seeds in front of me. I'm going to be starting a whole bunch of things indoors right now in our biodome. <laughs> oh, you have a biodome. That's a whole other show now, Carrie. But yes, do you really? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. We uh, we started using it last year, um, about this time of year, actually. And I will never go back. <laughs> it is amazing. Like all of my seeds germinated the first time around. Like I was having to thin them down because like each seed was sprouting. I'm not used to that. So I was like, oh, okay. right. 
one seed per sponge. I'm good. Okay. This is great. <laughs> oh, wow. So do you now just do everything in the dome or there's some like in the summer, do you have stuff outside as well? Yeah. I mean, there are a few things that I start directly by seed outdoors. I mean, especially things like carrots and, you know, any root crops, but pretty much everything else I start inside to get a head start on the season. Wonderful. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And so what are some of the things you're going to grow this year? Oh, pretty much everything. So I'm actually going to be planting out hopefully tomorrow. So I'm like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, things like that. I know they have several new varieties that are purple. I'm really excited. There was like a purple cauliflower. I'm very excited to try it. <laughs> and the really huge cabbage. It's like a megaton, I think is what it's called. Oh, it, it is huge. I'm really excited to do that one too. Oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah. So we've got a few questions. Um, so Amy is very funny. Amy, what a concept. So very cool. Now, if I can only get an AI to actually plant my garden for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Careful, Amy. That'll be probably much closer than you think <laughs> it will be. Um, there's some amazing like tractor technology. I saw a video just uh, the other day. There's a company who has AI controlled um, tractors. So there's no drivers. They go through and they use the AI app to scan and count and tag every single individual plant out in the field. Um, so they know like right down to like the 400 millionth and one seed. So yeah, it's <laughs> there's some awesome stuff out there, Amy. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. It's out on. Oh, then we saw at uh, Congress too, right? The AI. The uh, remote lawnmowers that go out and mow all the lawns. Yeah, oh. <laughs> we're close, Amy. We're close. Oh. <laughs> so Joyce also just written in, hello, is the app free or is there a charge? So I think you guys said it is free to download. Um, didn't cost me anything to download, but you do have a number of uh, very in-depth, worthwhile premium features and, and other content on there. Yes, and and like you said, the app is completely free to download, and, and a large part of the app is, is free to use. It's only when you know, when you want to start tracking your own garden, whenever the paid features come in. But everything as far as viewing information and seeing planting dates and companion plants and pest information, all of that is free forever. That's okay. so amazing, especially just out in the garden with your phone or your tablet. What is that creature? <laughs> you get all the information, or you can help do it. So. We um, talked about your chat, G or the AI on the same backbone as chat GPT. Let's, let's uh, make sure that we know it's not chat GPT. It is your own AI. Um, you were talking about programming it in certain questions. Is this really how it differs from something like a Google search? Is it something that you've already trained those questions in? It's gonna give you more specific information? So this is interesting because my question is going to be dated uh, tomorrow because Google is officially rolling out um, some of their new AI stuff into Google. Now it's going out to like limited testers, but they're saying that within the next few weeks, Google is going to have this into it as well. So it's a very, very interesting time for you to ask me that question because the Google that everybody is familiar with, yes, this is radically different because Google is just up until now, it's just been searching their index of the internet and showing you things that they have in their database that's relevant to what you're looking for and using right. a lot of sophisticated analytics to do that. Um, 
this is basically like having a conversation with a robot. So with what you're going to see on Google very soon is when you go to Google and you search for something, you're going to get a very chat GPT-like interface that also has Google searches as well. Uh, Bing.com is also going to be this. Uh, the a rumor is by the end of the week. Like they have a big uh, announcement tomorrow um, that, that they're doing. So uh, like I said, it's a very exciting time. Wow. Uh, I feel just, like we've got the scoop. We got the scoop yeah. on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is my world. I just uh yeah. I just this stuff. So um so it's it's radically different than the the search that you're used to in that this is actually communicating with what's called a large language model. So it's uh an AI technology that's been trained on uh not everything from the internet, but a lot of stuff from the internet and it's been trained and tweaked from thousands of people in it's there's a lot that's gone into this and i can't even begin to explain how open ai pulled this off but i've listened to enough interviews to be able to be dangerous about explaining it a little bit <laughs> well so you say that it it's has this conversational mode and it can look up and into things um is it is it connected live to the internet so or is it pulling from a database i think i heard that chat gpt it's not quite live and interfaced with like the current internet that it has like a data bank or a memory of everything up to about the late 2021 or early 2022. Does your, does the open AI uh, interact with like real time data, for example, or like real time Google searches for the lack of a better term, not knowing that this is not Google. Yeah, you're 100% right in that it's trained on a data set that was cut off in 2021. Now, ChatGPT is continually being retrained on what people are asking it and the questions that it's giving. So you'll see like every two weeks they've had an update where it's been yeah. trained off of everything that the 100 million people that have used it so far have put into it. So um, I do think that the models that, uh, of the future are going to be more real time. But with the technology, the way we have it now and the way that they have to train them, it takes a few months of it of it going through the training process. But that is going to be cut down shorter and shorter over time. But it is like if you ask it about something that happened in 2022, it's not going to know. Right. Okay. And what about asking it questions? So is there a best way um, to go around and ask questions to the um, Growbot or like chat JPT kind of things to get the most out of, of Growbot? I think the, the more detail you can give it, the better. I think we use chat GPT quite a bit for, for helping with other things too. And we found that the more that we give it up front and the more we help craft, I, I, I when I think of these AI technologies, and this is more about chat GPT than with Growbot, but I, I think relying on them to be the voice of what you're trying to say is a mistake, but allowing it to help you formulate thoughts yeah. and find thoughts and get you closer to where you want to be, I think is where people will find success with it. So um, with, with, and I think it's the same with Growbot where I think it's a great way to explore ideas and maybe ask it like, Hey, I've got a shady space and I want to grow um, some food. What are some things I can put in here? And it'll get you on the right path, but then I would still do some research and verify that because, like, we have a big disclaimer at the bottom of our robot, like, "Hey, this is you know, use at your own risk. We don't know what this robot's going to tell you." So, <laughs> oh gosh, got a mind of its own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because so. I, I go back to that. Like, there's so many. Like, whether you're planting this 
you know, a, like a tomato plant in a container versus in the ground in a raised bed. Like there's so many kind of variables. Yeah. And the more that you can give it on that, the better it's, it's going to be able to answer questions too. Okay. Yeah. So we would know. So if I said, you know, you know, if I'm starting a tomato in, in my container, this is what I do. And then if I'm starting it in the garden, this is what I would do, that type of thing. Yes. I mean, I, I haven't like specifically tried that recently, but I would have, based on other answers I've seen Growbot give out, I would expect it to account for different soil variations and making sure that you're using a good potting mix in a container and you're using extra fertilizer and you have plenty of the other trace minerals that maybe you don't have in those mixes uh, versus in the ground. And also like maybe considerations for in the ground with like uh, making sure you're not going to be in a flooded area or things like that, doing mulching. So based just based on other answers I've seen it give, I, I would expect it to be able to handle that pretty well if you give it that information up front. Right. And if you asked it a question, it gave you an answer. Can you ask it like a follow-up question? So our current implementation our current uh, implementation doesn't allow us to do that. Um, but I think in the future we're gonna be at that point. Ours right now is kind of like a, a magic genie. You get like one question at a time and it doesn't know the like uh the first UI that we had for it, we had to like redesign it because I realized, okay, people are going to think this is conversational. We're not quite there yet. I think we'll be able to get to that point soon though. Okay. So basically the key is just giving it as much detail as possible. Yes. To yeah. Answer all of those questions. Yep. And with Go premium, ahead. you get unlimited questions with premium. So you can just kind of keep trying and refining it until you get more. And also another key I would say is to, if you add, uh, please be detailed. I always use please because I don't know what these robots are going to do when they take over. So I'm always nice. <laughs> to um, I was literally going to say, I honestly, when I interact with Chad TPT, I do say the same thing. Can you please find this to me? And then after I'm done the session, I kid you not, I'm like, Thank you, ChatGPT, <laughs> whatever AI I'm, I'm interfacing with. And you're very welcome because that's exactly it. Well, I think a lot of people think, like you said, there's kind of like that Skynet scare in the back of our minds that now we're creating something that can think and act for itself. And, I mean, we've seen AIs be able to generate their own code and pictures and all this crazy information that we delegated to just human beings being able to do. So... It is. It's a very fascinating, intriguing, um, very cool frontier to go down to. But there is that little bit of, of fear, I think. Is there? Do you find <laughs> yeah. that there's anything to be afraid of with, with your Growbot just yet? I'm not afraid of Growbot, but I am equally parts excited and terrified of the future of AI and its ramifications on society because I don't think we're ready. And yeah think about the economic impact and the job losses that are going to come of it and everything else. It, it's a pretty terrifying prospect, but um, I'm just like, that's why I'm building AI that is helping people grow food. Cause if more people are growing food, <laughs> we're all going to be better off. So <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I cannot comply with that action, but I can show you how to grow a mean <laughs> tomato. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost speechless because it just, uh, yeah, I, it just blows my mind. And that fact that it has kind of happened overnight. Yeah. I'm sure that isn't the case. People have been working on it for a long time. But, yes. it's, you know, uh, it feels like you started hearing about it to it's already out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have felt the exact same way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
Dale, how long have you been working on on AI as well? Like, had you been developing that part of the app like in 2021, or is it just something you recently, you know, with suddenly, like Joanne and was saying, just like suddenly there's AI, come check out this AI. Is that what you jumped onto it, or have you been working on it as well for a bit um, in the past? I've been following OpenAI for a long time. They've had releases every every year or so. You'll see a bunch of news headlines about what AI can do. And then like a day later, you'll see headlines about all the horrible things that AI said once researchers started playing with it, right? So that was that's where I've been with it for for a long time. And then once Chat GPT came out, it felt like a light, like a like a corner shed moment where things changed. And it felt like the first time I used the internet, really. And that was when we decided, okay, now's the time to actually implement some of this stuff because it's it's at the point where it's we can't be a hundred percent confident in its answers, but we we can tweak it enough that it's worth taking a shot at. So it was the day that Chat GPT came out. Well, first I spent just a whole day just talking to, to GPT. I mean, Carrie couldn't get me to talk to her at all. Just, <laughs> you were <and>, talked out. Yeah, <laughs> just talking to anyone that would listen about this amazing new tool that just came out. And then it was about a couple of days later when when we were all talking and, and brainstorming ideas to use it, and we kind of started running full speed on on Growbot and. Um, we had it built probably within about a week and then it was just, we started using it and then it took about, you know, two to three weeks of tweaking on it to get it to where we were comfortable to release it. That's wow. so amazing. That and what a amazing. cool name to Growbot. Like, <laughs> I feel like that would be one of the first ones that everyone would go after. <laughs> so I like how you said, just like using it as a tool I found in my AI, open AI kind of experience. It, is, it doesn't have all the right answers or the most detailed answers and, will give you some really good information, but it is a little bit, you do have to, you know, you kind of vet the information because it is a young, young technology for sure. So it hasn't cut uh, experts and other farmers and growers completely out of the equation uh, just yet. <laughs> we have a couple questions. Uh, David has written in and says, hello to Matt and Joanne. This topic is so interesting. It makes a new gardener feel really at ease to start digging. Uh, thank you to your guests. That is awesome. amazing to hear. Yeah, that's great. That's exactly why we built the app. Thank you for sharing that. Tina's also written in, says, hi, Joanne and Matt. Where are your guests from? As I notice an accent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we're from Oklahoma, although Carrie's originally from Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> interesting interesting i i don't have the ear for all of the american yeah. accents and i almost i mean until tina really said it i wasn't even kind of read you just sound like you're talking to me i don't know <laughs> not good at accents at all <laughs> so you're so, in oklahoma now yes, yes that's yeah. where you live okay and very stereotypical. We live on a farm. <laughs> we, we we bought a farm the week COVID started, and things were going to be a lockdown. We bought our farm. This is what we wanted to do with the lockdown. So, oh wow, so we have oh, everything: chickens, ducks, pigs, sheep, cow, goats, llamas, donkey. <laughs> we went wild. <laughs> yeah, and the biosphere, and the you know, so that is very cool. What were you doing before that in COVID? We lived in the city. We had we had. Oh, if you go to our website, you can see like the before and after of our backyard. And I'd run out of space and I didn't have anywhere else to build a garden. And um, we had dreamed about having a farm and doing the whole uh, rotational grazing, like, you know, Joel Salatin method way of farming. And 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we went all in. We're kind of like that. Anything we decide to do something, we go all in on it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, as we reach the bottom of the hour, I am going to jump in with my mid-station or mid-show station ID and just say thank you to everyone uh, who is listening to us live here on Reality Radio 101. Thank you as well. If you've downloaded the podcast, perhaps you're not listening live, uh, but we appreciate you just as much. I'm Matthew Dressing here with my co-host and co-author, Joanne Shaw, and you're listening to Down the Garden Path. Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path each week, bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research, and from the wonderful guests that join us here on the show, such as Dale and Carrie Spoonmore from the Seed to Spoon app. Don't forget, you can spend more time with us down the garden path. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Down the Garden Path Podcast is our handle there. You can also find us on your favorite podcast provider with tons of past interesting information. While you're there, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and be notified of new content. And don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment. Perhaps you have questions for Dale and Carrie this evening or just us after the show. You can write us anytime at Down the Garden Path Podcast at gmail or hotmail, sorry, dot com. So we were just talking about your farm. How big is is your farm? You've got so much going on there. Well, we live on five acres. That's still a good amount of yeah you know, land, most certainly. <laughs> oh, sorry, Carrie. I think just um, I responded oh, yeah. to you. Mid- yeah, any- perfect amount to have five acres because it's not okay. too much, but we have plenty of space for all the animals that we wanted to have. <laughs> Oh, oh that's great. That's great. And you missed it at the beginning, Matt. They have five kids, so they need the space. Yes. <laughs> yes, well. it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, because that's part of your story on your website. You had a fifth on the way. So yes. congratulations. You have the fifth. They right. are here. Is it- yes. Yes. We have a uh, six-month-old girl. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Um, so you two are both very experienced um, farmers and growers. How have you used or do you use uh, GrowBot around the garden at all? Or is it kind of a moot point because you trained it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I still use it a lot, especially on things like, um, I mean, if there's brown spots on leaves, I can say, hey, um, help my spinach has this going on and I can describe it and it'll give me ideas of what it thinks is going on. And, and then I can look at treatments, things like that. Cause I feel like at least for me, that's probably the area that I'm weakest in is um, pests, things or diseases, things like right. that. Yeah. yeah. It also helps us answer questions that we get from people that are in other parts of the country because they may be asking about, maybe a variety that's good for where they live or something like that. And we just can't, we don't, we don't know that because we don't live there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Growbot's able to pull from some of that regional information um, and recommend specific varieties and things like that. Wow. That's very cool and interesting. And w- to do that, would you just tell, you know, were you just asking, I need a small shrub or a veggie or a fruit or something that grows in say like zone four, wherever it might be. 
And the cool thing is you don't even have to say that because it knows where you are because of the, the app has your location. But if we're going for somebody that asked yeah. a question. We, we right. would say, what's a good tomato for Detroit, Michigan? Exactly. Yeah. Or something mm. like that. Okay. 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 Wow. Yeah. And I like your, the disclaimer. So I just asked it a question and it was, it's a very polite, polite disclaimer as well. So please be patient with me as I continue to learn and grow. I, and it even, I love that. I am a chat. I am an AI chatbot trained to provide general gardening information, but I'm not a substitute for professional advice, which is good because Matt and I are professionals. <laughs> so it's good to know. <laughs> um, uh, it's important to do your own research and consider your own gardening conditions before making decisions based on my advice. But then you answered, you know, then it answered my questions. I just asked about starting onion seeds um, now. And, you know, and uh, yeah, so that's great. So is it just North America? Is it like we may, you know, if we have a listener listening from Poland or England or something like that? Robot should be able to help someone like that. Now the, the rest of the app is going off of weather data that's only in North America. Okay. okay. And we originally tried to build an app for, for Europe and stuff, but uh, I didn't feel confident that we could give good growing information because I've never even been to Europe. So I feel like I wouldn't be able to stand behind the information we were giving. And uh, I felt confident in the U.S. But, you know, before we expand to Europe, one of us needs to needs grow, <laughs> know how to grow something there. So, yeah. Been well, there. yeah. And I think Europe is so broad as far as their climate as well, just like the U.S. and Canada, right, from you know, depending on where you are. Um, now, climate change is changing things. You know, what we could grow two years ago is different than what we can grow now because things are getting warmer. Um, do you think that's something that it Growbot can keep up with? or It's just going to go off of data that's published. So the USGS just recently updated their zone data. It's mm -hmm. been within the past couple of years. So it's just going to go off of that information and other things that are published like that. So I think as those sources of data are, are updated, then Growbot will will pull from that as well. Interesting. That's so cool. So constantly yeah. growing and evolving. And then, like you said, Dale, too, the AI is just so quickly evolving and learning and changing um, that it'll just be just it won't even look the same in, in another year. So. That's yeah, one another day because who knows? But <laughs> yeah, because Google's been sitting on their stuff. They've been scared to roll it out because they didn't want to be the first ones. I think OpenAI really blew the lid off a lot of this and forced Google's hand. I mean, you can look at how much Microsoft has invested into them, and tomorrow it's going to be Bing.com. So I think that the, it's it's a whole new world of of what we're going to see in the AI landscape this year and over the coming years. Not just in the text world, but if you look at the AI art generation and all of that. It's, um, it's pretty wild. Wow. So is, is chat GB, so forgive me for the silly questions, but, uh, I, Matt, Matt knows a little bit more about this than I do. I'm like new to the game, but is that, is it a Microsoft? Like, so if it's not Google's technology, like who, I know you say it's open, but doesn't somebody own it? Yeah, so OpenAI is the name of the company. They originally started to be completely open. I don't know how much they've they are that necessarily anymore. They they've got a lot of funding from Microsoft, and okay. Microsoft recently invested a whole lot more. And I think they got like a forty nine percent stake in it or something. Don't quote mm -hmm. me on this, but um, it's it's what my, it's basically Microsoft's like 
their AI platform. It's not theirs, but they're now vested in it. It's running on their servers, which is critical because a lot of the stuff that ChatGPT is trying to do requires some pretty significant yeah. work when it comes to servers, and Microsoft has that, but Google has it too. So it's going to be really interesting to see those two battle it out. And then, you know, literally, the- right? It sounds like that's literally going to be the case. AI wars is, is what it is. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> we'll say that. Skynet. I can hear Skynet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, can we let's go back to the app? And I know you said there's different levels. So can you give us the, the pricing structure? Are you comfortable sharing that? Yeah. So the free version of the app is free, obviously. And then the, the paid version is $4.99 a month. Now you get a discount if you pay yearly. I think it's forty six ninety nine. I think that's what it is a year. Um, it's a slight. It's a slight discount. Um, Carrie's pulling it up to double check. Okay. She's already bringing it, so she can't see it. So, but yeah, it's it's five dollars a month for for the premium, and then you get a slight discount for the yearly. And you know that yearly price is isn't bad at all, really. I mean, if you think about any other large garden tool or book that you're going to buy if you're really into serious gardening, um, that's fairly comparable. And then if you're a brand new gardener, um, you know, that's another huge, wonderful tool as well. Just mm-hmm. planning, the levels of the information, the data that's there, GrowBot, which is constantly growing and evolving. Um, yeah, you've almost got this pocket professional and uh garden notebook journal app all in the palm of your hand so uh, i mean i think that's amazing thank yeah, you we, i i use it every day for me even we felt like it was <laughs> so important to, to keep the price under a packet of seeds per month mm. oh like that's a good way of looking at it yeah yeah app is going to help you save at least one packet of seeds that that maybe you know you save and that you don't plant them at the wrong time or something like that but mm-hmm. We felt like that was a comfortable price point that we could stand behind, and we we want or we wanted our app to be available to anybody that wanted to grow food. So, like that's why I said that the free version will always those those features will always be free. It's important to us that we don't create a barrier so that people that want to grow food can. But the 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 newer features we're doing and all that kind of stuff requires some pretty significant server infrastructure and all that. So <laughs> that's where we feel like we're comfortable charging and. You know, by charging, it allows us to build more stuff. And we have some pretty exciting ideas about what we want to build next for, related to mapping out your garden and continuing to work AI into the app so that, um, you know, we could do things like, you know, we don't have this yet, but this is the vision of what we want to get to is like you can take a picture of a bug and it automatically tells you what it is instead of you having to go into our pest tab and like match it up right now. You know, those are the things that are, that are possible with with the latest technology but it wasn't stuff that was that we could do when we had full-time jobs also we were just working nights and weekends on this so right now that, now that we're full-time on it you know that's the kind of thing that's we can do okay so something like google lens that exists now that you can do that right you can take a picture and you know is the technology is that still more like a google technology that's behind google lens Yep. So that that Google Lens probably has an API. The ones we've looked at are the Microsoft ones, but um, they're very similar in that there'll be an API available for that that we can call into. Now, the thing that we can do a little bit different is like in the past when I've tried this and I've taken a picture of, of a bug, it just says like this is an insect. 
it doesn't go down and classify it on this is a cucumber beetle. And, and so that's the work that we're going to have to do is train it on the specific bugs that we want to look for in the garden and then direct them to the right information for it. Now, the challenge on that is there are millions of bugs. So there's going to be a lot that aren't in our database. So we've got to have the right algorithms that can take that and push it into like, a, this is a generic good bug. You don't have to worry about it because and we can go up off, off of mouth parks and things like that for that. So um yeah hopefully that answers the question yeah no no <laughs> yeah. It's, that's fascinating and do you see yourself staying just with food i mean matt and i are both landscape designers so i'm like you know you're going to replace us as far as designing gardens but so yeah so is it do you see it you know for you at least for now just focused on food or i think we have enough on our roadmap for the next couple <laughs> of years to keep us busy focus on food um, <laughs> that <laughs> safe some flowers in there, but typically we stick to like the companion plants that are beneficial that also mm. technically you could eat. Or the more medicinal. Yeah. Things like lavender. Yeah, we have a lot like... of herbs in there as well. Um, I think the challenge there too is if we do branch out to landscaping, you know, we, we, there's a lot of apps out there that have like a million plants in their database. And when you look at the app, it seems like most of the data is wrong. Uh, we don't ever want to be one of those apps. So when it comes to the, the the data that's in the app, you know that that was hand typed by one of us, probably Carrie, as she poured over all these other books and like studied and like researched all this stuff. Right. Um, that's one of the things that we that we like about the app and that we feel like people also like about the app. So we've got to find that balance of expanding the more plants, but also not losing that kind of hand touch that I think will be important, especially as more of these AI solutions come out. I think that's one way we have to differentiate ourselves is by having a human touch on things from people that actually grow food and understand the challenges and not just um, AI that, you know, read a bunch of words about how to do it on the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A, a custom plant section where if we don't have a plant that you guys wanted to see the information for, you can just insert it yourself, like from the back of the seed packet, and then it'll calculate out the dates for you and all of that as well, just for whatever plant you want. Oh, that's very cool. That, sorry, that's in the app right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can mm -hmm. add a custom plant in there now. Ooh. Now, you've, now you've distracted him. <laughs> yeah, now I'm like, well, there we go. <laughs> But design is really hard, so don't worry. We're not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No to take that on. <laughs> I, I'd love to hear from our listeners. So whether you can do it live in the next few minutes of the show, but or or email us after the show, uh, is this something like? What do you guys think? Like, is this just blowing your mind? Like it kind of is me, um, <laughs> you know. So I, I just think. Uh, I because they're usually much more questions, so I think everybody's like must be on the app now. They're playing they're just, with the app. They're they're googling what these words mean, right? Uh, so uh, not everybody knows. I mean, I just learned about ChatGPT just connecting it to Canva. So like, I feel like I'm like totally new to the game, but uh, uh, you know, which that's a completely different use. But so yeah, so I could see uh, it would make people either. Super keen. Like, I think there's going to be a demographic, right? That's super keen and like, you know, right into it. And then there's going to be other ones like, no, no, no. Give me my, like, my, uh, my farmer's almanac and, you know, like kind of freak, freaked out by that information. Don't, don't you think? We've heard from both. I think you're definitely right. <laughs> 
Well, as we reach, uh, you know, the 15 minutes left, what else is going on on the farm or with the app? Is there anything else that's on the horizon you would be excited to share about us or, you know, something that's another cause that's close to your hearts or kind of a moment to plug whatever you would like to plug? Here, you want to tell them about your salsa challenge you have coming up? I think oh. that'd be cool for people to join us. So. Yeah, so oh, yeah. I'm going to be starting um, what's called the Ultimate Salsa Challenge. And it's going to be like grow with us. And I'm going to encourage viewers to get the same varieties as me and we can all start them together. And um, I can just record like step by step and have them send me pictures of what they're doing too. It's going to be really fun. We're going to grow tomatoes, peppers, cilantro, chives. I mean, really everything you need for salsa. And um, I'm going to grow it all the way from seed to spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Unintended. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, and I love how seed to spoon and your last name is Spoonmore. Yes. That was yeah. such a funny moment when we came <laughs> up with the idea. I, it was a eureka moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, Ken has written in and he says, congrats, Joanne and Matt. Congrats on your guest app. This is so fascinating, man. It's so very cool. So, <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So your YouTube. So all of you will, for sure, for our listeners, we'll have all your information in our uh, show notes. But for the salsa challenge, is that like a YouTube thing, Carrie? Yes, I'll definitely be putting it on our YouTube at um, YouTube.com/slash from seed to spoon. And then also I'll be posting updates and like little shorts on um, our Instagram. Um, and that's as the same, right? It's from seed to spoon. Yeah. And then TikTok as well. We're, we're oh, okay. There. That one's seed, the, and then the number two spoon. <laughs> There's links <laughs> on our website different. to all of them. So yeah. if you go to our website, you can find links to all of our different social media outlets. Yeah. So I'll be yeah. posting clips all throughout all of our social medias. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. There's a videos tab in the mm -hmm. app that all of our videos come into. Okay. Okay. Did you want to do another shout out to Park Seed for, you know, the seeds that you they also sell and that you have all that content in your app? Yeah. And we have a webinar every two weeks that, that we do with Park Seed as well, where there's mm -hmm. usually a giveaway associated with that. Um, also a shout out, they have these Wow Wednesday deals that they started a few weeks ago that have been really good deals, like 50% off of a biodome, Espoma, 40% off, like really good brands. Happy Frog Fertilizer was mm -hmm. discounted this past week. So um, these Wow Wednesday deals are trying to have a big impact on these. So it's something worth paying attention to. Uh, we like to be, we've always been savvy shoppers. So mm -hmm. like it, it got, it got our attention. So, and, but those webinars that we're doing are generally every other Wednesday and the next one is going to be the 15th. Uh, it's going to be a lunchtime webinar, and we're talking about flower companions. Very cool. And so we can find and sign up or attend all of that through your website? Um, that is actually on Park Seeds' website to sign oh, up. Oh, sure, yes. Um, it's kind of a long link. I can send it over to you guys, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, send it, and we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, even so, if you just Google Park Seed webinar, it'll take you right there. So and we'll have a blog post coming out about it really soon too. Mm -hmm. that has links. And, all and I that. usually do, and I make videos as well. So those will pop up and I'll link to them there as well. Carrie, you have a oh baby. My. I don't know how you're doing all <laughs> of this. <laughs> hey, she helps. she's in some of my videos too. <laughs> yes. I saw her in a couple of your posts. I don't yeah. Know where she is. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Yeah. So definitely check out 
um, seedtospoon.net. There's just so much wonderful information. Download their new app um, from Seed to Spoon. Uh, you can get it on Google Play, the App Store, the web app, so you can have it as a computer app. And check out their new GrowBot, uh, their interactive AI garden helper, which is absolutely amazing. Again, congrats on, on uh, I guess, being the first, really, to be integrating with that cutting-edge technology. Well, thank you, Matt. And yeah, thank, thank you, you both for having us. This was a lot of fun. Oh, you're welcome. No, it was great to have you. And please, you're welcome back anytime. So if there's new adva new advancements or a new change, even after whatever happens with Google, uh, Dale and Carrie, you're welcome back anytime. Because this is, you know, it's with our radio show and podcast, we feel like we bring technology, you know, we've been for the last nine years bringing technology to gardeners. And now you've just like, poof, blown the lid off of that. <laughs> so, uh, so I think it's exciting. So we'll definitely be following along. Thank you. Yeah, we would love to be back. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks again for joining us here on Down the Garden Path. Thanks. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> So wasn't that great? That's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. If you guys haven't spent the entire show taking notes and or downloading uh, the app yourself, um, it's, yeah, you got to go do that. Don't be afraid of the chat GPT and, and uh, Growbot. They're there to help you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we always talked about with our ninth season that we're going to end the show with our uh, stepping stones segment uh, to talk about something that's going on right now in the garden um, or questions that you may have. And Matt, I don't know if you noticed, we did get a listener question um, for from uh, Karen. And so she's, and this could be a popular question for many of our listeners um, that have had some weather experience in the last um, last week or so. Um, so Karen's asking that she had an evergreen tree that sustained some limb slash ice damage in this cold spell here in Toronto. But I know Texas has had it, some lots of the the Midwest in the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. So the limb got very heavy and uh partially partially snapped off the tree so she's asking can they cut the limb off now or do they have to wait for spring no you could definitely go out and and take it off now uh just be careful again karen i there was no picture so i can't see it um but you know if you need to don't hesitate to hire in a local professional to help That's you right. cut it off you don't want to cut it incorrectly or uh, you know, if it's a very large limb that is broken or taken off uh, part of itself, you don't want to hurt yourself either, right? So just, but yeah, now is a good time. Uh, a lot of the evergreens, the sap isn't running. You can go in and, and properly take it off or cut it off. Mm -hmm. But yeah, please, if it's something, you know, that is too big for maybe the tools that you have, um, it is better to have like a fresh cut and and have a professional do it and and that goes for anybody else who might be listening um that wants to get something pruned 
winter pruning is perfect. And often I know the arborists that I use, they actually offer a winter discount um, because they want to keep the guys working. And so they, they have a lot um, of, you know, they can do a lot in the winter and, and sometimes it is the best time. Like you said, the sap isn't running. You can, they can see better because there's no leaves on the trees, that type of thing. So they do really like to, uh, to prune. Um, And shortly now would be the time, even in your own garden, like large, I always say like, mid-March, which we'll talk about probably in a couple of weeks, but, you know, start thinking about, you know, is there a large, let's say a, a limelight hydrangea or a large uh, shrub in your garden that you want to reduce the size on, um, then March, you know, pruning in the winter is is better because you want to do it before the leaves start budding and, and to really not um, set back the you can, you know, obviously do it later, but then that sometimes you then you might um, delay blooming right? Or delay leafing out. So there's like a window in winter where you can do it with, which really won't impact um, the leaf out in the bloom time. Right, Matt? Yeah, exactly. And again, there's always species exceptions, things that are blooming on old wood or et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Right now is a good time. A great time. I like how you said that the arborists can see the bones, right? Um, mm-hmm. you know, now we can see the bones in our garden. So if you haven't been out there yet, definitely take a look at your garden, see what's going on in your trees and shrubs. Maybe there is some pruning or some thinning out that uh, does need to get done or identified and scheduled for your uh, spring or late winter chores. Most certainly. You can also do that on our lovely, uh, our lovely favorite new gardening app, <laughs> uh, seed to, from seed to spoon. Um, you can check out that calendar and that task, plan your garden features on on the app for sure. So, so other- you you do a lot, Matt. Like, what have you been doing? Like, with, is it with something with the your students or? Oh yeah, when ChatGPT came out, I was the whole focus was. You know, now the kids can get assigned an essay, go home, chat GPT can write it, they can oh. edit it themselves and then hand them in. So, and then ever, everybody else was saying, well, it's also oh. kind of for the teachers at the same time to kind of catch the students doing that or, you know, and seeing how they're interacting with AI so they can shut that down. So I just jumped on to it and thought, wow, this this is kind of cool to play with and see how it gets thought about uh, and then I started yeah just asking it questions um, you know what it was uh, just with school starting as it was coming out or had just begun I was like well I'm talking about this in class today so you know can you give me a class outline for this topic and yeah it it it's again it's like Dale said it's definitely a tool like I did it wasn't something that I was copying and pasting right in like, well, yeah, okay, I already have that written down on my notes and that's the whole flow. And But it's definitely a great tool to give you some inspiration and, and some ideas for sure, uh, like Dale said as well. Just kind of bringing up topics or even organizing a topics or information in a way that you may not normally organize in your own mind or your own head or it just adds something into a flow you kind of already had might inspire you to, oh, yeah, I should maybe talk about this, or can I talk about that? So ChatGPT2 does give you some information, like, so you can ask a question, and then say, you know, can you take point number three from your suggestions above and build on it? 
and it will start to extrapolate a little bit of extra data from that. Again, it's not super in-depth or okay. it's yeah. not rewriting the books you have on your shelf by any means. But yeah, there's lots of stories where um, ChatGPT is writing stories. They're going over to DAL-E or D-A-L-L-E, the uh, Open AI's picture program, and saying for the you know, the quotes or the text that I'm giving you here, can you create a picture in a childhood's cartoon kind of style? And then it'll create a picture of what the people are doing in the book. And you basically created the book with your, yeah, yeah, with your, like, if you imagine it's like a simple, like 20 page kids book, you know, the AI has written the whole thing. You just have to take the moment to arrange it and publish it. So there's, there's a lot going on. So it is very exciting for, for uh, Growbot, and I wish Carrie and Dale all the best, most certainly. Um, it is scary, though. Like, there are certainly implications, like future implications. And so is there a way to make, to check that your kids aren't, the kids aren't cheating? I haven't had an, an, an issue yet, but there are a lot of things. Um, there are a lot of, like, Chegg.org uh, and online grammar sites that will let you copy and paste and then check for plagiarism. If your school already doesn't have a program like that built into its its right. uh, interface or its online interface. Because I have students hand in things physically, but I can also have them submit reports digitally straight to the class portal. So I can check through there to see okay. you know, sharing papers or copying or whatever. So there's lots of that out there for sure. So, Oh, wow. That is great. Well, please, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on what you guys think about this. Please join us uh, even in our Facebook group. We're going to post some information about, uh, about uh, Dale and Carrie's app on our, in our Facebook group. We'd love to hear from you there. Thank you, Karen, for your question. But anytime yeah. listeners, if you have um, questions, we, you know, we love the emails for sure, but I think it, adding them to our Facebook group is perfect because when we answer it, we're helping other people too. So, um, so yeah. So uh, look for down the garden path podcast on Facebook. Uh, we would love to interact with you there and uh, we can all follow us. Uh, see to spoon. Uh, while we're there. So thank you everybody for joining us tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for down the garden, joining us down the garden path here on Reality Radio 101. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path with your hosts, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing, right here on Reality Radio 101.